So I have used Hawksoft for just about 15 years. And I started with them because I was a very small agency just by myself, probably had a part-time person at the time and needed an affordable agency management system that allowed me to drop and drag emails. That was the biggest reason is I was an email user. I'm a document, document, document person, afraid of E&O. And as a result, I didn't want one of those programs that I had to go browse for an email and drag it up or find it and click it. That's why I chose Hawksoft was the drop and drag feature. From there, why I stayed would be because I can actually reach a human being 97, 98% of the time that I need a human being to help me with a question or a problem. When I'm in the middle of a problem, I kind of need to fix it right now. And so submitting a ticket that says, call me back, I close at 4.30. When they call you at 4.38 and say, sorry, we missed you, I'll call us tomorrow and submit a new ticket, doesn't work for me. I need to be able to solve my problem now as quickly as I can so I can move on. And for 15 years, that's what Hawksoft has provided me with is a live person who can answer my questions on the first call the vast majority of the time. So I'm Dawn Janes Bartley. I own Minnesota Insurance Group and Aspen Insurance Group. And my why is because I can reach a live person every day of the week. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse. And we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American, rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you? Best I've ever been. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in Mobile, Alabama. Winds blowing 47 miles an hour. Roofs blowing off houses. Bradley's phone's about to start blowing up. Hey, I need to file a roof claim with... 
JJ's used cars, tires, accounting service, and insurance carrier yep. that Bradley has as a regional carrier down here. And your deductible, Miss Jones, before we call this claim in, I just want to make sure you understand this. You have a 15% wind and hail deductible, <laughs> so your deductible is going to be $72,000. Are you sure you want to file this claim? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. I want this roof paid for any of those. Guys, it's a fantastic day to be in Mobile, Alabama. Expecting severe weather tonight, winds gusting up to 45 miles an hour, and Bradley Flowers is sitting across from me, cool as a cucumber. Unbelievable, Bradley. I'm so proud of you. because I have a great team. You have a great team, and you have high, high deductibles that don't have to pay for roofs <laughs> or hail damage. So we do, after Hurricane Sally, we started uh, getting people to – because we, we always try to sell 2% or less. Sure. Uh, but you have some some people that demand a 5% deductible because that's what all my competition quotes. 100%. And so we started adding a disclosure form mm. for when they conveniently forget that they wanted a 5% deductible. Do you put on your disclosure form what 5% equals in dollar amount? Yes, and we say that it, it actually says, I understand that Portal Insurance does not recommend this high of a deductible. You know the new thing carriers are doing right now? I don't know if any of your regional JJ's used cars, tires, accounting, software, fireworks, and insurance carriers do this or not. But a lot of the Blue Blood carriers have started putting in the old uh, disclaimer in their policy that you have to file a claim which this sounds so reasonable within 12 months mm-hmm. of the direct physical damage to your policy. But here's where we, the train runs off the tracks. Now, as a blue blood carrier, I'm utilizing the latest technology, the latest insure tech to come out that gives me the National Weather Service hell and damage reports and your particular zip code down to your address. And I find out that the hail and wind damage that caused your roof shingles to blow off your house, Bradley, occurred 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Mr. Flowers, but this hail damage was caused 14 months ago. And Here if you see that clause in our contract, you got to turn that in within 12 months. So, Bradley, here's my question to you and the rest of the insurance industry. How long before the class action lawsuit is filed by attorneys to determine through the United States Supreme Court as to whether or not the use of that technology in the insurance space is able to be done to deny homeowners claims in the United States of America. When will that happen? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, and I may have an answer for you. Go ahead, Bradley. I was just going to say, one, I can't match your energy right now, but two, here come the attorneys. I do understand their their well, by the way, the one I, the one that is literally dying to file this class action suit, he's had to put this aside right now. You know why? You know why? Because yeah. he's filing the big class action lawsuit in Maui. Oh. Yeah. That's another big one that's coming down yeah. the pike. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. There's multiples. Yep. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have an all-star guest on today's Insurance Guys podcast. I am super proud to have her on. I had the honor and pleasure. I'm going to do the heart sign for her. Watch. I had the honor and pleasure last January of getting to spend some time with her. Never before in recorded history since 1764, when the Mayflower came over, has... 
two rednecks from or at least one <laughs> redneck from Alabama ever ventured to New York City to go see the CEO of Lloyd's of Americas. She has the honor to see that firsthand. She was there, and we had such a great time with her. And I want to give her the introduction that she's always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, she is originally from Erie, Pennsylvania, and she currently resides in Casanova, New York. She is married to the ruggedly handsome Tucker, and she has two beautiful babies. Well, they're not babies anymore, but and that's good because they're going to get to listen to this podcast. Carly, age 20, and Garrett, age 17. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, Carly and Garrett, listen up. Uncle Scott's talking now, and you're going to listen. I want you to do me a favor. Carly, Garrett, I want you, personal favor to me, I want you to walk up, hug your mama's neck, tell her how much you love her and how proud you are of all that she's accomplished in her life. She has a resume of success, and I think uh, that would mean more to her than anything you could ever give her. Tell her how proud you are of her and tell her how much you love her. Do that for Uncle Scott, and I would really appreciate that. She is a graduate of Miami of Ohio with a degree in finance, and she is the co-founder and president of the board of directors for Catalyst. Catalyst helps insurance agents discover, evaluate, select, and implement the technology that they need to continue to thrive. Today, she is also the president and CEO of Big Eye New York and president of Big Eye Connecticut, the premier associations for New York and Connecticut insurance agents and brokers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you my friend and great American, Miss Lisa Lounsbury. How are you, Lisa? I'm doing great. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. I have one thing to correct, though. Please. There were three rednecks in in New York because you don't know me well enough to know that that's really my roots, too. So So there were three of us, at least three. Man, I had such a good time up there seeing everybody and getting to sit in on some of those. uh, I guess they were just uh, introductions and and the, the, the founders being able to talk about some of their insure techs. I really enjoyed our meeting with uh was is his name Harry is that right Hank the, Hank, Hank, Hank 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 I said Harry yeah Hank who was the uh the we talked about having him on the podcast Hank Watkins yeah He's that was fabulous. so interesting to just see the the history of Lloyd's and to talk about the the the, the exotic things they've insured over the years and. It was just a really cool time, and I appreciate you letting us be a part of that. It was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. All right. Before we get started, we got all the intros out of the way. Yes, sir. Tell me what is going on in the insurance industry today, first quarter of of, uh, 2024 in New York and Connecticut. I know that could probably take six hours, but just briefly, what's happening up there? Well, I don't know that it's uh, much different in New York than it is in Connecticut than it is elsewhere, but um, markets, 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 carriers, 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 and we can dive into that subject um, a lot, changes in compensation. You know, so New York is a a tough state to do business in from a regulatory and legislative standpoint. And Mm -hmm. you throw in what the carriers have been doing. uh, And I'm saying what the carriers are doing. We know there's a lot of reasons for the hard market, but Mm Yeah, that's that's been our our main focus, you know, fourth quarter. And right now we're just kind of seeing where we're at and trying to prep our our members to be able to navigate. And we're doing a lot of carrier advocacy. So so I need you to just 
reach over to your right and slide that crystal ball you've got right there in front of you. Talk to our agency force. There's only 250,000 of them listening right now, so no pressure. Yep. Let's see, sands any major hurricanes or 10 million acres of wildfires in California or, or another Nevada. COVID. Another COVID, another something crazy happens. Sands any of that happening. What, what's your crystal ball tell you to look forward to in 2024? An election year, by the way. Oh as it relates to the insurance industry and as a whole, because I'm not, I know, I know uh, New York and, and Connecticut are a little different, but let's face it. It's, you know, it's probably going to be about the same over most of the United States this year. And sans that class action suit, you were just yeah. encouraging Mr. <laughs> Howe. Come on. Oh, don't worry about that. I'll take care of, I'll take <laughs> care of reporting that when it goes down. Don't worry. Yeah. I, you know, I think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a lot of relief, at least the first six months, personally, mm-hmm. because you still have a lot of, uh, there's a couple of wars now going on. Sure. And, uh, you know, we do have that little election coming up in November. And yep. I don't care who who becomes our leader or stays our leader. You know, we know 50% of our population is not going to be happy. Um, so that's, right. you know, we've got a lot of that, but it's, it's tough. I mean, we're going to see too what happens with, you know, the fed and inflation rates and with the CPI. But I, I think, I think the hard market's here for a bit longer, especially on personal lines. I mean, when mm-hmm. we, when we look at what's causing claims, I mean, certainly all of the climate changes, like you said, um, impact it, but I mean, let's face it, we're in a, and we've got the Supreme Court weighing in right now on whether or not a presidential candidate can be yeah. on the ticket, it, yeah, right? So, right. like, our world's just about to get more litigious, and that's what's driving up so many claims. So, so, but let me say this, okay? Let, let's make lemonade out of lemons for just one second. Typically, in an election year, the incumbent president, the person who is in office, does every conceivable thing he can do at, at least until right after the election to keep gas prices down, keep interest rates down, because they don't want to do anything that could jostle the American public to go, well, wait a minute, you know, gas is four dollars and interest rates are high. And I mean, right, don't we yeah. don't we have a little of that that's gonna go on this year too? We do, but think about like at least in New York and some other states, a lot of the reason the I mean, when you think about why we're in a hard market, the carriers are losing money on certain lines of business, right? Like, yeah, I've got the data. You, I mean, personal auto in particular is not a profitable line, and mm-hmm. if you've got regulators following suit of our legislators, our you know elected officials, um, to try to suppress the rates. That carriers mm. need to mm. be profitable. Oh, don't you, you're about to get me going. You're about to get me going. Continue on. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we've been doing a lot about because it's you're right. When someone's ready to, you know, go up for election, it's not a popular decision to have auto rates go up 15 to 25 percent. Right. But I mean, especially in Alabama, you guys know this better than anyone. Yep. It's even more difficult to not have coverage available. So that's that's what we're talking about. And, you know, what I'm hearing on the reinsurance front is the relief. There is a little bit of relief on pricing, but terms not necessarily. You know, Mm. last year, the 
carriers were seeing 30%, 32% on average increases in reinsurance rates, and terms were not nearly mm. as robust as they had been. So right. I don't know, it's going to be tough. And then you talk about electric vehicles and the cost right. to repair those. And I don't have, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. So we're just really, we're really just trying to help our members navigate it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let everybody just stop right now. Rand, stop. Don't actually stop. <laughs> we have not even spoken yet about the biggest news that has come down the pike in the insurance industry as a whole. Okay. As a whole, Lisa, please, if you know anything about this and I've only studied it for three or four hours, I haven't given it like a two week dissertation like study. Can we talk just a minute about this new ruling by the FCC? Holy shit. Have y'all seen this about them like cutting out basically lead gen with these companies were, I mean, every agent in America that's listening to this, that's ever talked to a lead generation company knows that you know, they sell these leads to four or five agents who then turn around within 20 minutes and all of them call yeah. Rand and go, Hey, uh, this is Scott Howell with I protect insurance. Do you need a quote on insurance? No, I'm good. Click. Hey, this is Bradley flowers with portal insurance. Do you need a quote on it? So they basically I, made that illegal, right? Basically what they've done. And I think it goes into effect. Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you know anything about this? I'm scratching the surface like you. I'm just just wrapping my head around it. I think it. I heard June of 24, it goes into effect. And, uh, and and by the way, I think it just basically does away with all of these companies that since what, 07, 05 have started, you know, they they, they, they call your office or they send you uh, an email like, hey, I'm with the uh, Hometown quote when that right. one when that one hometown of the one? quotes quote wizard quote wizard uh and, but then but then I also have heard a scene that part of the verbiage in there does away with uh companies that sell collect states yeah does away with all that interesting what in the world we got dogfight outside Brad you so. need to get out there and, uh to me that's one of the big especially yeah. like um. The reason I brought that up are all these life insurance companies that just live and breathe off of all these lead generation mm -hmm. services. They are the ones that are really going to be hit well, with that. The problem is so many of the lead companies operate very, very sketchy. Yeah. And they'll have people that will enter their information for one thing, but they're selling it for another reason. 100%. You know, a lot of the life insurance leads are based on people applying for mortgages. Right. And stuff like that. But I think, you know, with the, the auto insurance thing, I think what we're going to see if things do start to soften up, we're going to see more what you were alluding to on a previous episode. Yeah, we're, we'll give you a quote, but here's 15 things we need to be in order. Otherwise, 100%. this customer is not eligible. We're going to run into an eligibility requirement, right? I think. And then the other thing is, you know, certain states, like we ran into this, Lisa, we, we opened an office in Georgia. We had no idea that... Georgia is one of the strictest states on the percentage of increase they will allow carriers to file for. So a lot of the carriers just say, hey, we're not going to operate there. Right. And so you're, that's really what's going to happen with all this uh, this legislation and stuff, mm -hmm. making things stricter on the carriers. Is the carriers are going to say, sure. okay, we're just not going to we're just not going to write there. Yeah. Right. And and what we keep saying to the carriers is, do not take it out on the agents. It's it's BS when they when they can't get the 15 or 20 they need and they get 10 and then they turn around and say to their 
production team to, you know, you guys are first responders. Agents are first responders. You are their service. You are the insurance company, right? right? And then they turn around and they say, well, we're going to get five or 10 points from you guys. And that's, yep. that's, that gets, that lights me up. That's we saw that with, we saw that with Kemper, right? In New York. <laughs> We've seen it with a lot of companies in New York. Uh, well, and, and, yes, and that's exactly that what's happened out in California, Lisa, with companies like State Farm and Kemper and farmers and all these other carriers pulling out of California. So one of my best friends is one of the lead attorneys at Kemper. We talk maybe twice a week and uh, we only started spending the night with each other when we were about in the third grade. So we've known each other a day or two. And he said, Scott, we, they, they won't let us take the rate we need. We, we can't, we can't continue. We guys, insurance companies are not in the business to lose money. I, they're, they're not nonprofit organizations. Right. And if, <laughs> If somebody says, hey, Bradley, you can keep writing business in California, but you can't take the rate that you need to be profitable, right. what, what are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'd say one of the things we do is we uh, we have an AM Best uh, study done every year. We do it in New York and Connecticut. A lot of big eye states do. So when we go in, I mean, when we go into our regulators and our legislators, especially, you know, third and fourth quarter this year, we've got the data. Like I, we're right. not just coming in here saying, and, you know, and we were very clear with the carriers. We don't want to, we're not going in there holding your water, but, but mm. we understand and our members are being hurt and consumers are being hurt right now. They can't right. get the proper coverage or being hurt, but it was eye opening to some of the, some of the regulators we talked to with, you know, what the profitability was or wasn't. Right. And a lot of them also didn't recognize the number of consumers that, we're being forced to go into the excess market, right? which nothing wrong with the excess market. It serves a purpose, but of course, it's always preferred to keep them in a standard carrier, right? It's more financially secure. So we've just, we've really been focusing in on the data and uh, making sure our members understand it. We, you know, share it, we get it from the carriers, but we've been really, really bullish in making sure our legislators and regulators know it um, in both states. And and they've been, I have to say, like for the first time in New York, we've had some some really productive conversations. We've had the opportunity to actually educate the legislators, uh, you know, all of the assembly members. We did virtual education for them on insurance 101 and helping them understand it. So that's like, that's a really important role that the trade associations are playing right now to, to support agents and the industry. I, I feel like I've got the weight of the New York insurance industry on my back, even though I know I don't, but I, that's how much, that's how serious we take this. So I think that's a great thing yeah. that you take it that serious. Yeah. Lisa, allow me to give you some more ammunition the next time you're talking to regulators. Yes, please. I say this practically every time that I go speak at a state association. And I want you to use it. And you don't even have to say my name when you use it. Here's what I say. Not since Jesus walked on earth, ever, never, not never, not ever, ever, never, 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 ever has a human being ever picked up a telephone and called an insurance agency and said, Scott, I didn't buy my insurance from you. I bought it from Travelers Nationwide. Right. Safeco, Liberty Mutual, what, whatever. But every single time that person picks up the phone because they just had the worst day of their life, every single time they pick up the phone, they say the exact same thing. Scott, I didn't buy my insurance from Travelers Nationwide, Allstate, 
I could keep going and going and going. I bought it from you. Agree. Truth Agreed. lives. Truth lives here. And that's where yeah. what you mentioned, Lisa, the carriers taking it out on the agents. That's where that problem just gets worse. It, it's an unintended consequence, yes. is what it yeah. is. Yes. It's an unintended yeah. consequence. So I don't know if you know this or not, but my, um, as you described him, my ruggedly handsome husband, Tucker, Correct. Correct. Um, he's an insurance agent. I don't know if you guys knew oh, that or okay. not. Yeah. So when we go to, you know, different carrier trips and I get to be the spouse at these things, he's literally sitting there like with, uh, uh, you know, like duct tape in his pocket to keep my mouth shut <laughs> when I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm listening. And, you know, this kind of translates, I guess, a little bit to insure tech, but the investment sometimes that the carriers are making in technology um, for their direct channel or they're investing in a new portal or mm -hmm. a great new company branded app. I'm just going, what are you doing? Like, no, no, no. It's to your point. It's the agent. That's who the customer thinks of the agent. The, the agent is needs to be more valued in the insurance transaction and the whole insurance ecosystem. I talk to carriers and insure techs about it. I'm like Johnny Appleseed and I, there, there's only one of me, but I, I hope you'll pick up the fight, pick up your bag of seed and go around the country spreading that, that gospel, because I've been doing that for the last couple of years, everywhere I go, I always tell that story that there ain't never been nobody call an insurance agency and say, well, I, Scott, I didn't buy my insurance from you. I bought it from XYZ carrier. Right. Hey guys, it's Bradley. Look, are you tired of spending endless hours searching for potential business prospects? Look no further. With Leo, you can gain access to a whopping 40 million businesses. That's 40 million prospects in just seconds. Say goodbye to painstaking searches and hello to efficiency. You guys know I'm all about efficiency. Leo just isn't about speed though. It's about accuracy too. With Leo's cutting edge tools, you can validate new producers faster than ever before. No more wasted time on unreliable data. Leo's got you covered, but that's not all. Leo empowers you to carve your own niche market using unparalleled data insights. Want to target specific dates for workers comp? Done. Need to identify brokers or carriers to focus on? Leo has your back. And here's the icing on the cake, guys. Leo lets you search prospects based on size, revenue, dates, violations, and more. The possibilities are literally endless. Step into a world of business possibilities with Leo. Revolutionize the way you connect, target, prospect, and succeed. Don't miss out. Join the Leo community today. Go to meetleo.com, and when you go to book a demo or reach out to them, put in the how did you hear about us field that you heard about them on the Insurance Guys podcast or IGP for short. You'll get 20% off. Talk to the folks at Leo. Highly recommend them. Thanks, guys. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50-plus carriers for direct appointments, and by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. 
you keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.org. That's acfree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. Now, let me ask you another question. I know that New York and Connecticut, well, really specifically New York, a lot of, uh, there, there is some difference up there. There's a little more, there's a lot more, uh, regulatory environment. I think up there, I was just sitting here thinking, Bradley, I know Alabama has the wind and, and the, the wind pool is what it's called mainly for coastal communities. Does Alabama have anything like Florida's citizens or California's, whatever that is they call it out there? Uh, that's uh, the the wind pool is coastal, that, essentially. Yeah, but like if you live in Morgan County, Alabama, you can't, you can't get mm-hmm. in the wind pool, right? Okay, no. I just wanted to make sure. Lisa, what's the what what is the biggest difference in say running the Big Eye New York versus? other associations and how does that sort of parlay into some of the challenges that you guys have? I I mean, New York is right behind California and Florida in terms of regulatory climate. I mean, it's just, so I would say I have to work a hell of a lot harder than my dear friends in some other States. We spend a lot of political capital, a lot of resource on not just advocating for our members. I mean, our, you know, when you think of New York, we have the Department of Financial Services. Mm. So our superintendent of the New York Department of Financial Services regulates banks, mm-hmm. insurance companies, right, and agents. And they do not understand our typical member. I mean, 80% of our members are less than eight employees. They are small businesses that are super important to their communities. And so we are constantly educating them. But the flip side of that is we have massive compliance support that we give to our members. So as much regulatory stuff as we're doing to try to minimize, to try to improve, we are turning around and creating a lot of compliance help for our members. And 
you know, one of, again, because I mean, I'm, I'm married to an agent. My dad was an agent. I worked on the carrier side. Like I, I get it. I, I'm not doing what you do every day, but I, I get it. And we try to simplify things. We try to think ahead. Um, and we try to really lead in terms of what we provide to our members. And I think that's probably one of the most important things that we do. It's really hard to put a price tag on it. Right. Because I mean, I'm in New York, like New Yorkers are like, what's my ROI, you know, <laughs> what, what, how can you put a value on that? I mean, it's, it's invaluable, but we like, we, for example, the New York led, unfortunately, or fortunately on the cybersecurity regulation, well, they just came out with an amendment. And so tomorrow we've worked with the department of financial services. We've got a, we're doing a free CE class for our members. And we've got the Department of Financial Services. First time I've worked here 25 years this year that we've ever had the department participate on something like that. So we've wow. made some really big inroads to help our members. But we I, I would say probably 50% of our time is just answering falls, calls, technical support, helping our members if they've got claims issues. Like we go deep to really support our members in New York and Connecticut. So, And and one other thing I wanted to mention about your role in the industry up there is it's more high profile because it's New York, right? It's New York's just, just, it's, it's just a lot higher profile. There's a lot more I think a lot, a lot of people, you know, there was that old Jeff Foxworthy joke. He was a redneck from Georgia. And I know like, him. Come on. I'm yeah. one of your peeps. You well, just don't well, know that. Well, you know, Foxworthy used to talk about, do you really want to get your brain surgery done from a guy that, you know, talks like this, you know, we're going to get in there and root around your brain for a little while. But when people from New York say something or get on the bandwagon of doing whatever, you know, people do. They stand up and listen where maybe they wouldn't if it was somebody from Alabama talking. Yeah. Well, so I think that there's a there's probably a great responsibility of trend setting. Correct. That that you perfect word trend setting. Yes, because there's probably a lot of things that you guys deal with. You know, it, it's like it's the reason Twitter is my favorite social media is because mm -hmm. everything goes there first. Right. You probably sometimes feel like everything goes to New York first. Right. Yes. Yeah, they try to be trends. I, I don't I guess I don't think of that. I just do my job like and I don't yeah. like to me, it's not a job. I am the luckiest person in the whole wide world. I get to support, I think, one of the most important pieces of our whole like economy, which is you guys and what you do and the the insurance industry. So I, you know, thank God I um I love it. My team is super passionate about helping our members and we just we're street fighters and we're scrappy at the end of the day. And sometimes like, you know, we've had a couple of things. We, we stepped into the ring. We knew we were going to lose, but we mm -hmm. knew if we didn't step in and put up a fuss and sue the department, like it would lead to bad things down the road and there would right. not be precedent set that anyone had challenged it. So we just do what's right. And we do what we need to do to help our members in the industry and consumers. Ultimately, 90% of 99% of the time, you know, we go in and we talk to legislators and regulators and like, you're not even in here talking about anything to like help your members. And I'm like, right. no, because what's good for the customer is going to be good for you guys. Right. Like you just, yeah. you're out to help your members, your customers. So yeah. yeah, that's a perfect segue into Catalyst. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about what Catalyst is. I don't think we've ever touched on that on the no. podcast. Yeah. In your involvement in that and what was sort of the the ethos behind starting that. 
Well, so I, I, I mentioned, I started my career, um, I worked for a carrier and I worked for Great American and I was working in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was a commercial lines agency operations rep, which meant they gave this 26 year old hot out of her nine month training class, new business underwriting authority. Um, and Had it all uh, figured out, didn't all you? All figured out. And all we could, all at that time we were, uh, that we were competitive on were bops and retros, like yeah. large work comp retros. And I can right, do the right. math still. So that was good. Yeah. So I went out, I'm telling you this story because there's a reason for it. I went out, one of the first agents I met in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um, was the Davis insurance agency, Jeff and Beth Davis. Shout and out. we still exchange Christmas cards and stuff, you know, awesome. 30 years later. Are they, are they still in business? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, shout out, shout out to them. I hope, I hope they hear this. I do too. So Beth said to me, she was kind of working part-time. They had a really cool little office at their house, you know, separate building. And she was working part-time for whatever used to be Vertifor. And she said, and they were like one of my first visits, literally. And she said, Lisa Semsi, she said, you remember this day. And I can tell you, I can describe the day. It was a yucky March day in Pittsburgh Semsi, single entry, multiple company interface. She said, this is what the industry needs. And she said, by the time you and I retire, we will be no further along getting that figured out. And so fast forward, you know, in, in New York, we do a lot of strategic planning and we're really focused on helping our members with talent, technology, you know, markets, uh, getting them ready for the future workforce. And we've had technology on our strategic goal, like, you know, forever, it, I feel like. And so we we do some webinars, we, you know, have some educational stuff, but like, that's not what our members need, right? I mean, our our typical member is an awesome salesperson, is great at running their business, like from, you know, going out and selling policies, but they really, they're not, they need help with technology. So this was crazy, but, um, and we're leading right into COVID. So I just laughed that this was like my third job during COVID because we had just taken over uh, managing Connecticut. Also before that, I said to our board, I said, I really don't want this to be a strategic goal unless, unless we're going to do something meaningful about it. We got to go big or go home. Like we either do it or we don't do it. So they said, okay, start putting some ideas together. So I describe myself as the grandmother of Catalyst, which is pretty funny because I'm like a Franklin planner girl. I write everything down. My staff team makes fun of me, but I know I need help and I know our right. members need help. So I started off um, with my good friend. Um, I don't know if you guys know Matt Banaszinski in Wisconsin. You should know him. He is brilliant. We sat down. What's, and- what's his name again? Matt Banaszinski, who runs uh, Big Eye Wisconsin, brilliant, super sharp, and uh, we we wrote business plans one through fifteen, and we wanted to make this accessible to our colleagues across the country, and so we brought it. We had a had a small group of kind of more forward thinking state execs that got together, and I know you guys know Abby Knight really well. Ab was in it, um, and a Good bunch of people. And we brought it there and people were like, yeah, we really, this sounds great. We're interested, but you know, someone's got to do the work, right? So we had a, my, my good friend, Jeff Albright in Louisiana said, you guys, I like what you're doing. Um, I can lend some, some financial support to this and help you out as much as I can. So 
fast forward, you know, we kept flushing out business plans, trying to make this into what is it that we could deliver to our members that would be helpful. Steve Anderson at the time was an at-large board member on the New York board. We always have at-large board members that can help us with our strategic goals. Like Sid Rowe is on right now in that, yeah. that role. And I went to Steve one afternoon and I called him and I said, you're probably not interested. I was really hoping he would be, but um, you're probably not interested in this, but let me describe something we're working on. And he said, actually, I'm really interested. So Matt, Jeff, and um, Steve and I, you know, kept flushing out business plans. We kept bringing it to our group. We've got um, seven state associations that are owners of Catalyst, and it is meant to help our members navigate technology, um, mm. simple things. And one of the really cool um, visions that we had that's really coming to life is um like if you think about consumer reports, like I love to clean and I love vacuum cleaners. Like this is my analogy. So I will go on to consumer reports. What's the best canister? What's the best upright? Like, you know, I'm a nerd <laughs> with that. I said, how cool would that be if we had that for what's the commercial, what's the best commercial lens reading platform? What's right. the best VoIP? What's the best, you name it. Right. So Catalyst has exploded. Um, we have agents in 40 states now using it. Um, we have, I think we're up to like 10 um, state associations actually buy a subscription to Catalyst for their members. And what we're trying to do with Catalyst is help, we're, we're trying to make it easier, less risky for them to make tech decisions. So they come in, they can do a tech assessment that helps them, you know, understand where they're at, they get a consulting call and we're not trying to like, this wasn't set up to make money. I mean, I hate to say that we, we need it to be able to, you know, support itself, but it's meant to be very altruistic and really just help agents, but they come in and we help them like set up a roadmap for where they go. And we've got a whole catalyst success journey that comes out of it. Um, and, you know, it, it's a labor of luck. I, I I don't have an MBA, but I feel like I have an MBA after setting up this LLC with seven other state association <laughs> nonprofit partners. Holy cow, was that complicated? Um, but it's just grown exponentially. And now, you know, usually when you work at a state association, agents call you because they've got a problem or they're mad about something. I've got members now that call me and say, oh, my God, thank you so much. I just did my assessment. I had a call with Mark. I was going down one route and it turns out my agency management system does exactly what I need it to do, but I just didn't know it. And he right. showed me these one or two things. So it's awesome. It's really awesome. Um, but we're still working hard at it. So I'm, thank you for, thank you for asking about it. So I guess my next question is I'm sitting here listening to you talk about Catalyst. And you're getting me fired up about it. And then I'm like, well, most of the independent agency channel listens to this podcast from, from, from all over states across the country. So I guess that leads to them channeling that question through me. If Scott Howell in Alabama or Daniel song in California and everywhere in between wanted to be a part of Catalyst, And by the way, had no idea we were going to discuss this on the podcast. So if any of my listeners right now are thinking somehow 
Lisa paid to come on the podcast to talk about Catalyst? No, that is not what happened at all. I didn't. I did not know this existed until five minutes ago. So could I sign up and use Catalyst? Yeah. Is that possible? Any agent across the country could sign up and use Catalyst, depending on what state you're in. If you're a big eye member. Might be free. Might be free. It might be free. It might be discounted, but it's set up to help agents. Like that's all right. we do. I mean, I'm super passionate about it. And, you know, I think one of the fun things with it is we've learned a lot. We had beta users when we set it up. We had 60 agents from around the country that were beta users. And like, so for example, here's another really cool feature of Catalyst. And and I didn't know we were going to talk about this either. So I'm not even that prepared, but we went through our beta testing. And one of the things the agent said was, you know, we... Anytime it, it feels like anytime we do a demo of any type of like tech solution, we get hounded, kind of goes back to your FCC thing. We get hounded by that salesperson. Yep. Like, what do you think? We like pressure to buy. We've got to yeah. do this. What we do at Catalyst is we uh, have live sessions that we do every month. And one of them, at least one or two a month, is a demo with a solution mm. provider. It's recorded and then it goes into the vault. So right. all of our full access subscribers, I'm referring members there all the time. Like, hey, have you heard of this company? Yep. Like, and I know there's a demo. I'm going to send yeah. you the link right now to it. So we've got, I think we're up to like 130 or 150 awesome. solution providers that are interfaced with Catalyst. They, it's free. If they want to get a little extra love and advertising and like, you know, get moved up on the queue, they pay a pretty nominal fee. But again, wow. we set it up just to help agents. So it's it's the place to go to if someone's looking to make a change or just thinking about new technology, start with that. Um, and if someone's not in there that you know of, like there's a really easy way you can refer them in and it's free. So, and, and, so you and, don't have to sell your soul, i.e. your information right, to get right. a demo. You got it. And I know Catalyst is spelled C-A-T-A- a. L Y I T, but is that is that just like www.catalyst.com? Yes, it is. And okay. uh, again, we came up like this is naming it was about as bad as anything else. I can't <laughs> tell you how many virtual happy hours we had looking for some um, outside help with creation because we just. Yeah. So anyway, it's a little wonky spelling, but that's what we could get. And that was what was what, available. So what about pricing for these companies? Do you guys have a pricing thing on there too? Because I know a lot of times one thing I get the most frustrated with about uh, SaaS companies, and I understand from a business standpoint why they do it, but I just want to know how much it costs a month. Can I ask a question? And it's like you click on pricing and it's like, here, book a demo here and give away an hour and a half of your time in order to get our pricing so our salesman can hound you. And I'm like, I just want to know that it's $150 a month. Do you guys have a database of that as well? And I know that's I, probably hard because prices change. Yeah, I don't think that we do. It's So uh, like, this is interesting, right? So I helped, like, this is my, this is my baby. Like, I cannot yeah. even tell you this is my baby. But, you know, Steve's our CEO. We've got staff now. So it's like, you know, bef before I was involved in like, this needs to go here on the drop down menu. And now when I go on it, I'm like, oh my God, they just did another refresh. Like it's really cool to see it. I don't think, Bradley, we have all of the pricing because as you know, I feel like a lot of the tech companies, it varies. Like, are right. you part of a cluster? Are you right, not? Right, How many users yeah. do you have? Like, right. there's so many variables. Um, but yeah, I mean, then ours is just like a flat 
price. If you do buy a subscription to it, we don't charge per user because again, we want to have as many agents using it as possible. So yeah, so, some of these AMS systems out there, you're like, man, this thing does a lot of really cool things. Yeah. I really like that. I, th- I think we're going to sign up with them. And then you're like, holy cow, that son bitch costs $3,000 a month. Yeah. And it may not have even like, that's, you know, another thing I do is I do a lot of talking at InsureTech conferences, like mm-hmm. New York and Connecticut, especially. And to your point, like, yeah, it costs a million dollars and right. it solves no problem for your right. agency. We just created more connection problems and it's yep. not going to interface with anything, but it's amazing and pay pay a million dollars for it. So that's where I think, and I haven't done a, I wanted to do a Twitter case study on this, but that's where I think if you look at, and there's been several companies that have done this, but the one I'm going to use example is Agency Zoom. Mm. Agency yeah. Zoom basically did the opposite of what every single tech company SaaS product does in the industry. Yeah, question, Let me finish I... my point and then you okay. can. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> uh, they had no contracts. They had no user minimum. They didn't charge per user, which agents, if you're a tech company listening to this, agents hate having to pay. Nickel and dime. You know. X, X dollars per employee. And what ends up happening is people share seats, which right. then leads to a bad user experience, right. both on the agent side and on the customer side. And then the other thing they did is there were, as I said, no contracts, no number seats, and the pricing was super competitive. In fact, they probably didn't charge enough. Their whole thing was, is they built such a freaking good product yeah. that none of that other stuff mattered. Right. And they were acquired. And I'm not going to say the number because I don't know if I'm supposed to know this, but they had a ton of agents on their platform when they were acquired. And it's just, it's a good case study in, hey, build a good product, right. have favorable pricing, no contracts, everything else is going to work itself out. Absolutely. Like I love the, I have a, a meme that I'll share sometimes and it's like, we're for the independent agent. We care about them. We're for the small guys. Hey, here's a 36 month contract. <laughs> yeah. For twenty eight hundred dollars a month, and by the way, you can never, ever, ever get out of this. It's it's basically like student loan debt. You can't right. get out of it. You know. Yeah. Hey, Bradley keeps saying this term, and I don't understand it. And I know I'm not very smart, but you keep saying tech SaaS companies. Software SaaS software as a service. Oh, is that code for really expensive? <laughs> basically, <Let's, laughs> we can go with that. Yeah, we can say yes. We hey, say yes. hey, Lisa, I got one more question. I got to shut this thing down. Yes. So Carly, your daughter, yes, age 20. Yeah. Garrett, age 17. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. When are they getting in the industry? That's a that's a fun question. So my daughter probably never, but my son Garrett. Oh, Carly. I know, I know. But my son Garrett, from when he was little, like we take him to the pediatrician. And, you know, they'd be making small talk. So what do you want to be when you grow up? And they'd expect like firemen and he'd be, I want to be an insurance guy, like my mom and my dad and my grandpa. And so he's, he's going to college in the fall and he's studying finance and what university will he be attending in the fall? He, he just found out he will, he was accepted into Bucknell's business school, which is in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Yes. So uh, we brought him, we, we have an active, a lot of active invest programs in New York. And so if you're a Lounsbury kid and I, drive you and your friends anywhere you get a little embarrassed when your mom subjects you all to hey guys what do you want to do when you grow up and i can map it to an insurance job (laughs) well 
my daughter, I've got, I've got one of her friends thinking about insurance and uh, I had Garrett and his buddy come up for one of our invest field trips. So they got to hear, you know, from underwriters and agents and claims people. So I'm, we've got our fingers crossed. You're single-handedly trying to affect the perpetuation. I am. Yes. Yes. Hey, Carly, Carly, quick message to you. After you get out of school and get knocked (laughs) around a little bit and, uh, Go to work in retail, maybe become a pixie dust spreader on a tilt the world. After all that happens, your mom and I'll get you back in the industry. Don't worry. When you're about 26, 27, <laughs> we'll get you I back think, in. We'll think, get yes. you back in. I think it's funny. Me and my wife talk about this a lot because I'm in. Yeah, the you're the same. You both yeah. are moral. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's an agent. I'm an agent. My sister in law is. My mother in law works for my sister in law. My brother in law, the engineer, hates Thanksgiving. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, We've often talked about our kids, like they're either going to love insurance or hate insurance. Right. It's either yeah. going to be the thing they run to or the thing they're like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. yeah. Lisa, we love you very much. I got to shut this thing down now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This was I had a, a great time. Thank yeah. you. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that big desk today, that big mahogany desk where you're shuffling paperwork around on it and doing TPS reports and trying to figure out what your profit sharing bonus is going to be in March. Stop doing that. Go out into the big bad world, build relationships for your wife, make money for your husband, your wife, your kid's college fund, your parents and in-laws that are struggling out there. Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Lisa. Lisa. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.